letter to Hong Kong. And this week it's Ronnie Tong, Executive Councillor, QCSC, former Bar Chairman and Convener of Path of Democracy. These days, times they are changing is an understatement. Not too long ago, the pandemocrats swore to defend the rule of law daily. Not anymore. It is all right if the decision of the court goes their way. If not, they will go all out to attack the court in the most vicious and unreasonable way. The recent Court of Appeal decision in reviewing the sentences of the three student leaders is a case in point. Their attack was so severe and sensational that foreign media pick it up immediately. There is even a recent article in the New York Times by an editorial commentator accusing the Hong Kong judiciary of sentencing the three student leaders to jail, varying from six to eight months, on what she called bogus charges. The commentator went on to suggest that the defendant should therefore be nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. What is interesting to note is that at that time there was no English judgment available so that the foreign media must have obtained information from people sympathetic to the cause of the defendants. Unfortunately, the information fed to the foreign media is utterly without factual basis. As a result, the rule of law in Hong Kong has suffered a tremendous blow, one which no doubt would take a long time to recover. The accusation that there were bogus charges cannot, of course, be further from the truth. At least everyone in Hong Kong, including the defendants, knows it to be false. The incident was vividly captured on camera by the media and footage of it is in any event widely available on the internet. Even the defendants did not appeal their conviction and thus must have accepted eventually that they were guilty of an offence. The only dispute on appeal was what should be the appropriate nature and length of sentences to be imposed. Nor is there any truth in the suggestion that in reviewing the sentences of the defendants, there was something in the nature of political persecution. In a very carefully written judgment spanning some 90 pages, the Court of Appeal found no less than five serious errors on the part of the magistrate in her judgment below. Each proposition relied on by the Court of Appeal was carefully considered and supported by a generous wealth of leading recent English and Hong Kong authorities. Plainly, there was nothing political about the Court of Appeal's judgment. Quite the contrary, were the Secretary of Justice or the Court of Appeal to ignore these serious errors in law and refuse to intervene by reason of the political background of these defendants, both the Secretary and the Court will be failing in their duties in committing a serious disservice to the rule of law in Hong Kong. Nor is there any truth in the further suggestion that the Hong Kong government or the court is trying to tighten up the freedoms of Hong Kong residents. Right at the outset, the Vice President of the Court of Appeal emphasised that pursuant to the basic law in the Hong Kong Bill of Rights Ordinance, Hong Kong residents enjoy the freedoms of assembly, speech, procession, demonstration and expression of opinions. That these freedoms are comprehensive and in no way lesser than the freedoms enjoyed by the people of other advanced and free societies. Indeed, the very fact that the Sunday following the judgment saw some 20,000 people marching in the streets in protest of the sentences imposed on the defendants by the Court of Appeal without any incidents or arrests is the best testimony that freedoms in Hong Kong remain alive and well. I fully understand why people sharing the political beliefs of the defendants 
or sympathetic to them are unhappy with the decision of the court. After all, three very promising student leaders with considerable following were sent to jail, albeit for relatively short periods. One cannot but lament the rather unfortunate consequences which have to be borne by our young in breaching the law. But there is nothing unusual about such sentiments, and I dare say you might find similar situations elsewhere. Nevertheless, that is not a good reason for ignoring the truth or accusing our Court of Appeal of corrupt and despicable conduct without facts. I can perhaps also understand why there are people out there, some rather educated and with influence, who want to see the failure of Hong Kong under the one country, two systems, and may even be willing to succumb to low-level tactics to smear our judicial system. But what good would it do anyone? Would the demise of the rule of law bring about democracy in Hong Kong? Of course not. While rule of law can survive without democracy, democracy cannot live without rule of law. Nor will the failure of the one country, two systems bring on a new and better political order. The only other alternative is one country, one system under China. Will there be more freedoms then? I doubt it. The rule of law is the singularly most precious core value we have in Hong Kong. Unfortunately, it is also the most fragile. For the very existence of the rule of law relies almost entirely on perception of the people. It is easy to strike it down with a stroke of pen, but will take years to build it back up again. Let's not waste it for the sake of divisive politics and sensationalism in propaganda.